shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Hey, come on, one, two, shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot your shot. Welcome back to the Shoot Your Shot podcast. We're recording this the day of the first round, the first day of the first round of the NBA playoffs because we wanted to wait until all the matchups were set. And I don't think Karina would have lasted until like two in the morning if we recorded last night. So we're doing it this morning. Uh, by the way, I'm Bradshaw Furlong, uh, my co-host. Uh, I'm going to roll out the scroll here. Um, oh boy, here WNBA reporter for the New York Liberty and Phoenix Mercury, social media extraordinaire for Nets Republic, Unbenched, and this podcast. I think I'm going to miss one in there. A credentialed tennis reporter, Stephen Curry, and a vampire, I think also works for CBC Sports. I it's too many things for me to keep up with at this point. Too many titles, too many jobs, too many ways to describe Karina Mustafa. Karina, how are you doing on this Saturday morning? Very tired, I assume. Oh my god, that intro was everything. <laughs> I'm just gonna clip that part and use it for everything from now on. But um yeah, I'm I'm good. I, I like I was saying off the pod, I made the mistake of having coffee at 5 p.m. yesterday and <sighs> not, a, not a good idea, but I'm here and I'm good. <laughs> Should have had it at 5 a.m. this morning. I think that would have, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you want to even want to be awake. I don't think anybody wants to be awake at 5 in the morning. But... If you ever wake me up at 5 in the morning, I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to know. Uh, <laughs> we're coming off the heels of a fantastic play-in game last night, the final game of the play in the Grizzlies and the Warriors. Obviously, for those listening that probably know, because uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably Follow the NBA pretty pretty closely. Um, I hope so. Yeah, Otherwise, I mean, it's just listening to weird. us talk. Yeah, I mean, thank you if you don't. But um, obviously, the Grizzlies won, so they will be taking on the Jazz. We'll get to that matchup uh, probably closer to the end of the show. Uh, but we were talking about the play-in in our production meeting yesterday, and Karina initially had some thoughts about the play-in. Uh, have those thoughts changed? Here's the thing. I think the fact that the east games were so underwhelming and that the west ones were so much better that i'm a little bit conflicted because at the at, on on one side of it it's like yeah these teams are bad like there's a reason why they're at yeah. the, like where they are in the standings so there was so much hype for the play-in games and then it was like uh, we only got like two good ones out of all of them and so you just have to, I don't know, take it with a grain of salt. I think it's fine. Like, I'm, I'm not against the play. Mm. And I sh- I'm not going to be like, oh, like, we shouldn't do this anymore. I don't think I would mind if we continue, especially with, like, the narratives that come out of it, too, especially with, like, LeBron's team oh, going to pl- be in the play. <laughs> I think that was just amazing because i love chaos but uh yeah they were they were good i i, I think i enjoyed these ones now at the end like the grizzlies and the the warriors and then of course the lakers warriors one too but uh you you see like who's on those teams as well so like that also has factor in it when you have like steph curry and lebron james that's going to be different than mm. say a pacers and hornets <laughs> eastern conference playing game you know yeah all the, all the east games are kind of uh, just bad like they, none of them were very good like they weren't competitive but it, like but everyone assumed yeah it was it was a little embarrassing uh everyone assumed that the the, the i i think everyone kind of thought the, the celtics wizards game was gonna be the best one of the group and even then it was just like what are we doing here like the celtics are obviously down jalen brown again we'll get to them a little later uh bradley beal doesn't look fully healthy I, I i thought i thought i agree with you that all the west games were pretty good um 
the the Spurs Grizzlies game was a rock fight for a long time. Like they were missing a lot of shots. Demar, I said yes this yesterday, but Demar and Rudy Gay were just missing a lot of shots. And uh, I got my jokes in about Demar Derozan, much to the dismay of Raptors Twitter. <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong, am I? Yes, but you shouldn't be allowed to say <laughs> it. I cheered on Demar Derozan for some of those playoff runs. I I know how it feels to see Demar disappoint in the playoffs. I I get it. But that's not the point. Uh, the point. <laughs> I I agree. That I I I did like the play. We could but We also couldn't expect all the playing games to be good. We couldn't all expect them to be the level of the Grizzlies. Where there were going to be duds. Like there were going to mm-hmm. be some bad games because that's just how it is. Like in a seven game playoff series, not every game is going to be a good game. And in six playing games, you're obviously going to get some bad ones. Unfortunately, half of them were bad, and they were all on one side of the conference. But I mean, that doesn't bode very well for the for those two matchups in the playoffs, but again, we'll get to that. Um, one of the main players of the play-in game, LeBron James, had a very eventful uh, game day, it sounds like, uh, prior to the game. We'll get to that. We'll get to this in a second, but I'll mention it now. Prior to the game, it came out today that he went to a, a, a some promotional marketing event for this brand of tequila that he that was he it that thing with, like with Drake. Yeah, it was with Drake and Michael B. Jordan were both there as well, who ended up being at the game that night too. So I guess I gave him tickets or something. Nice to see some celebrity fans back in the stadiums. That's cool, I guess. Um, but LeBron was there, and it violated COVID protocols uh, according to the NBA. But LeBron played in that game, and it sounds like there's going to be no repercussions for him. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. The main point was that we, we talked about this first and we'll get to this first was LeBron in the fourth quarter, got a finger jammed in his eye, Draymond Green's finger specifically jammed in his eye. Uh, and then he was on the ground for quite some time. There's been many memes made of the shot of him blinking and looking like he's tearing up, which obviously happens when you get jammed in the eye. He got the eye drops, came back in the game, hit a nice clutch three, uh, pointed to his eye and said, I can't see. After the game, he said uh, he saw three rims and he shot at the middle one. Um, I'm not going to make any comments right now just yet because I, I know Karina has some very strong thoughts and she voiced them on Twitter, but let's do it here on the podcast. Please take it away. All right. I just want to start off by saying I am the last person to defend <laughs> LeBron. Okay. Disclaimer. <laughs> I am not defending LeBron. I am defending what the heck happened and the reaction that was on twitter okay when you are going up like that and someone sticks a hand in your face and they clip you the way they did like you saw lebron's eye after when he was doing his post-game interview like it was half open Mm -hmm. you could clearly tell like something did happen and so when something is like that i it hurts i'm telling you if i went right now and just poked you without any sort of movement you'd probably cry like a baby too and i'm probably it's it's normal. And you know, the whole thing with like the acting and the crying, like you under it's understandable because sometimes you do have to sell the call. You have to make sure you get it, especially, you know, the refs, the way they are sometimes can be a little bit questionable. <laughs> um, but yeah, like this whole thing about LeBron being an actor, it just kind of, t- and it's just saying that it takes away from the integrity of the game and just kind of like pulling down on it when LeBron makes the game better. I mean, LeBron James is LeBron James for a reason. And, you know, just because you don't like him, I feel like you have to separate that from what is actually happening. And I think it got a little bit, you know, things always go a little bit too far on Twitter, but I think people just like forgot a little bit about that. And 
I don't know. It's just, and it's, it's not even like, I don't even feel good defending this because now LeBron went on and did things that I don't agree with anyway. So that's the problem. He makes it so hard for you to like him. He's my favorite player of all time, but it makes it so hard for me to like him. Um, I feel like we're like, we're ESPN here. Like we talk about, we've talked about LeBron so much in this podcast. I, we don't mean to, but he does so many things that just baffle both of us. Or he does something like get jabbed in the eye and we have to defend him a little bit because we feel a little bad for him. It's like, I remember, I don't remember, you remember how many years ago this was. There was one was with the Heat at the time and he had to leave the game he got carried off the floor because he had cramps and everybody's like oh this soft lebron soft crazy cramps hurt cramps are cramps are bad like getting cramps in your leg those hurt like those are bad i don't i don't i shouldn't have to explain this but people like gave him so much crap for it getting poked in the eye hurts it hurts quite a bit obviously he sold it he tried to get the i'm sure he tried to get the flagrant he didn't end up getting the flagrant call on draymond but it's i don't see the issue with him like taking some time and you know trying to get his eye better, he has to use his eyes to shoot at the basket. Obviously, he he was a little exaggerating a little bit, or you know going a little over the top with the I saw three rims. Like, it's just all right, LeBron, we get it. But like, you know, when you're just, in like the heat of the moment, and you just kind of say stuff <laughs> that like you, maybe you wouldn't say if you were kind of like calm and collected. You know? <laughs> yeah, just... he had, he had a big shot. He's like, let me let me dramatize this a little bit more. LeBron knows drama. Um, he loves the story. I, I, I understand that. He loves the narrative. That's why he said Steph was the MVP, even though any rational human being would disagree with that. Um, let's go to LeBron not being suspended or, you know, going to some tequila event. My first thought, well, actually, well, my first thought was why wasn't he like reprimanded or anything? Like Karis LeVert had to sit out 10 to 14 days and miss both play-in games. Um, LeBron obviously played in the game that night, and it sounds like he'll just be fine to play in the game's tomorrow i believe um or is this, no yeah tomorrow they play tomorrow um but does this mean he's vaccinated is this is he vaccinated it's a weird situation because the information that we had was that like lebron is not vaccinated and that yeah. him and and dennis shorter were the only ones left on the team but then I don't know if he said that he wanted to keep it private. Maybe he did do it in private. Although I don't understand why you wouldn't just go out and say that you're vaccinated if you are vaccinated. And if he isn't vaccinated, then what is the NBA doing here? Yeah. Because this just makes you look bad, makes you look irresponsible. And it makes me think of that Kevin Durant situation against the Raptors Mm -hmm. uh, early in the season when they put him in the game, they pulled him out and then they put him back in. And it was kind of like, uh, what's going on here? Uh, yeah, I've 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 heavily criticized the NBA's health and safety protocols all season long. It's yeah. just been a mess. Like there's been no consistency. And I understand like making making mistakes and learning from them, but at this point it's just sloppy decisions which are just adding to the narratives that you know they are looking out for those big names and those big players. But well- it's funny because you mentioned, obviously, we, we talked about this on the show, uh, Dennis Schroeder saying that he and LeBron were the only two that were vaccinated. And then Schroeder had to go into COVID protocols. And when he came back, he had, obviously, I think uh, most people that saw it, uh, he had a lot of like just wild quotes about how he said like he can't get it again. Um, he's just had a bunch of weird stuff. But what got lost, and it, it just didn't get spread around, but I thought this was very interesting, was he said in that media availability he switched it up. He said he was the only one that was vaccinated on the Lakers. So I don't know if that was a case of maybe he misspoke the first time. Maybe LeBron got vaccinated after that. 
maybe LeBron told him, hey, don't say I'm not vaccinated because I'm the biggest star in the league and it looks bad if I'm not the one, I'm the one that's not vaccinated. But it makes me think he might be. I know this is a very, it's a very this is a very small thing in the grand scheme of things, but again, biggest star in the NBA should probably get vaccinated just to like help out the presentation of the vaccine, even though, even though in the U.S. they're getting better at it. Anyway, that's not bad. This isn't basketball related. Um, where was I going with that? I don't know. Oh, it's that he still violated the health and safety protocols. So there should be some repercussions there. If you violate the health and if you violate the rules, there are rules. And if you violate them, you get suspended. That's what happens. Or you get fined. You break rules, there should be punishment for it. And I don't think it's just, it's very inconsistent with how they're applying these selectively picking and choosing who's getting suspended and who's not. Karis Levert, I don't know, if, I, I don't really particularly care if Karis Levert is vaccinated, but I, if he like violated the health and safety protocols and had to be out 10 to 14 days, what changes between him and LeBron? I don't see the difference. And that's just, it's very inconsistent. That's, and I'm just very, I'm very interested to see where this goes now that everyone knows that LeBron went to this tequila event. Um, I hope he had some good tequila. Um, but I, I just, it's, it's very odd. Yeah. It's just this like lack of clarity uh, between the league and the players mm-hmm. and the public and the media. It's just, there's no, like, there's, I feel like I, don't, I can't trust anything. Like there's so much, there's so many holes everywhere that it, it just it doesn't benefit anyone and it just creates further problems like just be clear from the start like this isn't this isn't political or anything it's just it's health and safety protocols you've if you can't be upfront with that then what are we doing here if you've set rules enforce the rules that should be as simple as that um Let's let's move on to the real NBA playoffs. The play in. Stop talking about LeBron. Let's well, even though we'll have to talk about him again eventually, but we'll get to him later in the show. But for real basketball reasons, um, let's get to the real playoffs because the play in stats didn't count for some reason. And let me tell you, trying to f- combine playoff stats for like Jonas Valanciunas and having to add them in my mind and use a calculator, not good at math, folks. So it was tough. Uh, let's well, we're gonna go in chronological order. Don't laugh at me. We're going to go in chronological order, beginning with the game that starts first today, Saturday, uh, and then ending off with the last game on Sunday. And that's how we're going to preview all the series here. We're going to go a little more in depth with the sum. We chose the ones that we were more excited for. You don't get to tell us what to do. We chose the side series we were more excited for. And the first one of the day is definitely one that I think a lot of people are excited for, not just on Bucks Twitter, Raptors Twitter, Heat Twitter. I think a lot of NBA fans are very excited about the series. The number three seed Milwaukee Bucks and the number six seed Miami Heat. Uh, I'm not going to start with this one. I'm going to let Karina start because I'm obviously very biased uh, with what I think about this series. I'm going to try to be as unbiased as possible. We'll let Karina start. Okay. Unfortunately, I am going with Milwaukee in this series. All right. As much as as it pains me, (laughs) I just don't think that like with all the struggles Miami's had uh, recently, even though they did make the playoffs now, I just don't think that's enough to overcome Milwaukee. And if you're going to go with the predetermined notion that Milwaukee is a contender, then I don't see why you would take Miami over them in the first round. I don't think they're a first round exit. And I think that Giannis, like, even though he had his comments about like whether or not, like how much different it is this year, like, what do you want him to say really? And I know we had a conversation Mm -hmm. about that, 
but uh, you can't have your expectations too high. But at the same time, I think that they're all pretty locked in, even though they say Jimmy's locked in. I think Milwaukee knows what they need to do. And I think that this time they're not going to get flustered by, by Miami. And I think that they will definitely make it to the second round at least. Oh, thank, thank you uh, for giving me the, the credit. I, I, it's very funny. Um, I think if this was any other team, like if it was the Celtics, the Wizards somehow, the Hawks, the Knicks, I'd be perfectly fine. I'd be sitting here telling you, okay, the Bucks are going to win in, I don't know, four, four, five, six games, and I'd feel really confident about it. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't think twice about it. Like there is no other team that they could have played in the first round that would have made me think twice about, about them losing. Maybe the Hawks a little bit. But even then, I still wouldn't be too concerned. It's the damn bubble last season. It's all because of the bubble. I get yeah. it. You're traumatized. It's and it. And I should. And that's the thing. I shouldn't be because it's a brand new team for the most part. Like Drew Holiday is a cons- like. Oh, don't even get me started on that anonymous scout quote that uh, one of the Heat beat writers had in one of their stories about Bloodso and Drew. I want to know who these scouts are because they have very questionable. <laughs> I, I I said this on Twitter that. Like if you have a dream, if you have the dream to be in an NBA front office, just do it because there's no way you can have opinions that bad. There's no way. <laughs> and even if you do, clearly these guys are pretty successful and they have opinions like that. So it's fine. You'll be OK. Um, but it's just, I just I should be confident, right? Like I should be confident they should win this matchup. They Drew Holiday is better. Their offense is more diverse. They can do different things on defense. It's just two things. It's Miami and they might just put the fear of God into Milwaukee if they get out to a big lead early on. And, and this is my X factor for the series uh, for Milwaukee, Mike Budenholzer. And I'm just, I don't, I've praised him all season for changing and being different (laughs) and not taking the regular season as like, let's just blitz everyone and get the first seed and run up the score. It's let's try different things. Let's go zone. Let's switch, switch everything, switch other guys, switch everybody, but Lopez doing different things offensively, putting guys in dunker spots, make it easier for Giannis. It's, there's so much that he's done right this season, but it doesn't matter. Nothing matters if he goes back to just everything they've done the past two seasons of just drop defense with Brooke Lopez, not switching, and just letting guys shoot, bombing away from three. They gave up a lot of threes again this season, but they did it, at least they did it in a different way. <laughs> I, I at least can appreciate they did it differently. <laughs> Um, so that's why I'm concerned is that I I mean, here's the thing. I think this is going to be like a test for him. I think, I mean, Mm -hmm. you're facing Miami you faced off against last year and we all know how that went, but, uh, thanks. Yeah. But, and I think that I've hope I'm hoping that by now he's realized all the criticism around his coaching in the playoffs and that he's going to adjust somehow, especially if he's done it in the regular season, I would like to think that that's going to transfer into the off season. Mm -hmm. So I do think like, you shouldn't be too scared of Miami. I think Miami will probably give the Bucks a little bit of a fight. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if the Bucks can't get out of this series, then you're going to have to step back and take a look at this team and figure out, like, how do we fix this? Because something's not working. I think if the Bucks were to lose, and I, I, I do think there is, there, there is a real chance Miami can win this series. I, I do think that Miami is a very good – I don't want to discredit them. I don't think that Milwaukee should just walk over them and it's all on the bucks to win the series Miami has things they can do to win this series but I think the biggest with well, the biggest thing that would like I'm trying to phrase this properly but the biggest way they would win this series is if Spo just pantses bud again like just absolutely just 
yanks his his his, his I don't know khakis down and is just like, look, I I exposed him again, guys. I did it again. Like you're gonna be out coached by Eric Spolster. Eric Spolster is one of the best coaches. Don't I know you want to jump in and get into that analogy. I'm not letting it happen. We're gonna let that analogy live in the ether forever. Uh, <laughs> you're not gonna out coach Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra is one of the best coaches in the NBA. He could be the best coach in the in the NBA, depending on who you talk to, whether it's Raptors fans, Heat fans, or general NBA fans. Um, but that's going to be the biggest factor for me. Is the, the, the Bucks have the talent and Drew Holiday in out of context said that they have the, they have more talent. And I, I believe I firmly do believe that they are the more talented team here. But can they go well, bud? Ah, just I, I'm stumbling over myself because I'm just I shouldn't be nervous, but I am. Uh, I have I obviously have the Bucks winning the series. Uh, unironically, I have Bucks in six. Um I mean, I might just predict bucks and six for every series, depending on how far they go. And hey, maybe I'll get it right one day. Um, who is your X factor for this series or either team? Give me an X factor. My X factor is going to be Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he, he, you know, he said it before. He's like, let's just get to the playoffs and I'll take it from there. And, you know, as as interesting as that statement is, <laughs> and, I, and I'm going to use the word interesting, I think it does play a factor. Like, mm-hmm. this team is good because of Jimmy. Like, Jimmy Butler is the one who gets him over the humps. And we've seen playoff Jimmy. And if he can't be like that, then I don't think you should be as worried about the heat. Uh, but I think he's going to be the X factor for them going, if they're going to actually, like, win this series. I do want to quickly, just before we get to the next series, I had a pun in my mind that I thought of before this, and I forgot about it the entire time, and I have to do it now. Sorry, we're oh going to do it right now. Here we go. Um, so obviously last year, the Miami Heat had Jay Crowder. Just they he, he was explosive from three, and he guarded Giannis really well. And he's gone now, they, but they brought in Trevor Reza. They brought him in for a reason. Uh, <laughs> we're going to move on to the Clippers and Mavs series. Um <laughs> This is another rematch from last year. She is just so disappointed in me so far from talking about Bud getting his pants pulled down to that pun. Uh, this, this is has the been... second episode in a row where I'm saying someone help me, please. I was coming into this thinking this would be less chaotic than the last one. It's already bumping up right against it. We're going to get, let's get back on track to the Clippers and the Mavs. Another rematch from last year. Um, I think the Mavs have a better chance this year than they did last year. But I also think the Clippers are better this year than they were last year. I don't know how that works, but I still have the Clippers winning this series. I also have them winning in six games. Um, I think this could go seven. I think it's very dependent. And this is my X factor. My X factor for the series is Maxi Kleber's health. Uh, Maxi Kleber was the guy that defended Kawhi very well in the bubble. He's defended Kawhi well the last two seasons. I think he's held him under 50% shooting the last two years, not including the playoffs. They need him to be healthy. He And if he's not fully healthy or at least some version of relatively healthy, it's going to be very hard for the Mavs to slow down the Clippers. Uh, this is obviously a very big series for Kawhi and Paul George as well, specifically Paul George, to put the whole – playoff P pandemic P whatever nickname you want to use for him behind him. Cause I, I want to see him put that, like put this nickname behind him. I love Paul George. I think Paul George is a great player and I don't like any, I don't like seeing any player get like crazy slander for like just bad performance reasons. I think that's silly, but it's a big series for both of them to 
just assert their dominance and just be like, hey, we are the MF Los Angeles Clippers. We may have ducked the Lakers in the first round, but we're not ducking anybody else through the rest of this playoffs. We're the best team in the Western Conference on paper. You can debate that, but they definitely believe that. This is the series where they need to come out and just say, we're the best team in the West and we're going to show you. Um, Who do you have in this series and what are your thoughts on this series? Yeah, I have the Clippers in six or seven. Um, I think it's so weird because this series to me feels like a deja vu from last year. Like, I feel like I'm in a, in like, like a parallel timeline, but it's like the same. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if that makes sense. It probably doesn't. (laughs) I do think the problem with the Clippers last year was that as much as they, they just talked so much about the group and like, oh yeah, we're, we're going to win a championship, like, blah, blah, blah. but they didn't have enough time together. And I think that they've talked less this season, which has helped them. I think, you know, I think they want to be under the radar a little bit. Mm. Uh, let, let LeBron take the narratives and things like that. But uh, I think that them flying under the radar for them is actually helpful for them. And I think that they, they should like, they've been able to put in the work, without the spotlight on them Mm -hmm. and as long as they're able to go by without that pressure I think that Paul George like I'm with you on Paul George like I don't I would love to see him do well in the playoffs I think he's been really good for the Clippers this season and you know hopefully with Kawhi staying healthy those two can actually do something like I I actually have them going to the finals um spoiler paints me as a Raptor fan yeah spoiler sorry (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and you know like for my x-factor I will say Chris Porzingis because mm-hmm. he's been, you know, it's been a little bit disappointing, this uh, duo with Luka Doncic. I mean, that was like, and we talked about this on the pod before, like when the Mavs went out and they got him, everyone was like, oh my God, they're this big duo. The Mavs are going to make some noise in the West now, mm-hmm. but it hasn't, it hasn't been that. And so I'm going to, I think I'm, I'm going to take the Kawhi and Paul George duo over the Chris Stapps and Luka one. And, you know, we're also, we're forgetting about Rajon Rondo, mm-hmm. who decides that playoff Rondo, he, baby. Exactly, he decides <laughs> that he wants to actually try in the playoffs. So uh, we're definitely going to see a lot of that. It's interesting. They are. I, I have X factors for both teams in every series, and Rondo and Reggie Jackson are my X factors for the Clippers. It's kind of they've had point guard issues all season, and Rondo kind of came in and stabilized that a little bit. And Reggie Jackson is kind of the wild card a little bit. Like, you know, you, you kind of know what you're going to get with Rajan Rondo. You're going to get some good defense, good passing. He'll settle the offense down. Reggie Jackson, there are just times where he just decides, you know what? I'm taking over. Paul George and Kawhi, you guys take a seat. You guys back off. It's Reggie Jackson time, baby. It's Reggie Jackson time, Reggie Jackson. Um, I, I think it'll be very interesting to see how the guard play is the point guard play specifically for the Clippers is because that was big in the regular season. They're going to go as far as Rondo playoff Rondo. And if Reggie Jackson can limit how much he believes in himself, Um, let's go to the next series. This one, let's go to the Nets series. Um, This will not be as, Oh my God, (laughs) I'm on a roll. Uh, This will not be as close as, I thought thinks he's hilarious. You guys. I, 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 I think I'm the funniest person on this podcast, to be honest, and maybe in the world. Debatable. But okay. <laughs> uh, the, the Nets and the Boston Celtics. And my note, my first note for this series, I just want to get my first note out of the way and I'll throw it to you. Um, the first thing I wrote was just, I'm so sad that Jalen Brown isn't playing in this series. Uh, Cause Jalen Brown would have made this a very, very interesting series. Cause 
they then have three guys to throw at the big three, three very, very good defenders that can capably guard each one of the big three. And now they have two. And that's, you, you think like, oh, well, two really good defenders. That's, I mean, that's pretty good. You'd love to have two really good defenders. Not against the big three. You need at least three guys who can hold their own. And right now, I'm very concerned about how that's going to go for the Celtics. Uh, what is your, th- I, I, I assume we both have the Nets in this series, but tell me your expectations for the series. Yeah, I do have the Nets in this series. However, I don't have them like in four or five games. Like I think Boston has the ability to take them to six or maybe even seven just because they have Jason Tatum. So like, mm-hmm. even though uh, they are missing Jalen Brown and that is still like a huge loss for them, like Tatum is the guy on this team. He's proven that he can be that number one player. And, you know, he had a 50 50- casual 50 point performance the other day in the play and I was like I'm sorry this guy has 50 points what like we're not talking enough about this <laughs> um and so you know you have a big three on Brooklyn but then you have this guy on Boston who's scoring half the points and uh you know I like for that reason I I, I do think like Boston is still gonna put up a fight mm. as disappointing as they've been this season but uh <laughs> I do have the nets, but it'll, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting for sure. If, if, if by some, like, I, I hope this doesn't happen, but if the big three on Brooklyn, like lose one of their guys somehow, mm-hmm. like, through, like through an injury or whatever it is, then hmm, we might have to talk a little bit more about this series. But as of right now, Brooklyn has the upper hand. Uh, I have the Nets in five. I think that I have I have a couple notes here that the, the Tatum I think could win a game by himself. Uh, I think he has that ability, but this it, it's not this isn't the Wizards anymore. This isn't the Wizards with a banged up Bradley Beal. It's three of the best scoring players ever. Um, and then I have my Nets. No, my next note is that the Nets are just going to clap. And for my X factor, it's for Brooklyn. It's just health and continuity. Um, that's just like they they've had their three guys get a little banged up. And they haven't played a lot together, but I think their games, uh, we've talked about this as well. Just, I think their games are so, they're so easy. They're so schemeless, schemeless, seamless, schemeless, scheme. They're just, they're so easy to mesh together is what I'm trying to say. Uh, And then my X factor for Boston is Kemba Walker because without Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker is going to have to do some defending. And unfortunately for Kemba and those knees, that's not his strength anymore. Um, He's going to get matched up against Kyrie Irving quite a bit. Kyrie Irving is going to feast quite often. Yeah, he's going to feast quite often on Kemba Walker. Um, I feel bad. I I do love Kemba. Um, And I I think that they're going to try their best. Boston's going to try their best to scheme around that and hide Kemba as much as they can on like a Bruce Brown, maybe a Joe Harris, just to like, just, hey, Kemba, go chase Joe around and hopefully you can tell him, hopefully you can stop him doing something. Just please just don't. Yeah, just please do not get caught defending any of the big three one on one, or you're gonna get roasted. Uh, I, I feel so bad trashing Kemba like this, but it's it's not gonna go well for him. Uh, give me an X factor for this series. Um. Yeah, my X factor, like I kind of mentioned, it's those big three. As long mm. as they stay healthy and they stay together, I think that they're pretty much like they're the best the best team in the East as long as those three are there. And if one of them goes out, then that kind of levels the playing field for them. And that's, that, yeah, that, that's my X factor for this series, really. That's that's what's giving me more confidence in the Nets than the Celtics, although I still I still have a little bit of trust in, uh, in Tatum. 
I, I think I also think Brad Stevens can kind of junk it up a little bit with some defense. And we'll talk about another team that'll junk it up a little bit later uh, with one of our final series. But let's move on to a series that I think could actually be, <clears throat> excuse me, could actually be one of the best series of the first round, if not the best series of the first round. Dependent on health, and we'll get into that, the Denver Nuggets and the Portland Trailblazers. Um, I have the Nuggets in seven. The Nuggets are banged up. Uh, Barton is injured. PJ Dozier's injured. Both are, could play um, in game one. I believe Monte Morris is also limited. I think he's on a minutes restriction or something like that. So they have a lot of injuries out of some very important positions, especially with Jamal Murray's injury. These are very important positions. Um, my biggest factors, my X factors for this series, for Portland, it's um, Yusuf Nurkic. Yusuf Nurkic on the floor, the Trailblazers are fantastic defensively. The starters on Portland have been great especially with Norm Powell. Everyone loves Norm Powell. He's been great. He's made them better. When Nurkic is on the floor, though, he is their most important player defensively when they are on the floor. But it's staying out of foul trouble and guarding, I think I think they're friends, uh, guarding one of your friends. Uh, and hopefully, like, Nicole Jokic just doesn't get you into foul trouble, play off the floor, because he's the MVP. He's been really good. Uh, for Denver, it's Michael Porter Jr. Because you know Nicole Jokic is going to be Nicole Jokic he needs someone to step up. You know, Dame's going to be Dame. You know, CJ's going to be CJ. He's going to need someone to step up. And there's no one, in my opinion, there's no one, absolutely no one on the Portland Trailblazers that can guard Michael Porter Jr. He will get whatever he wants. He is too big and too good offensively that no one on that team, Robert Covington, get out of here. Derek Jones Jr., get him out of here. Um, Norman Powell, get him, get him out of here. That's not happening. Michael Porter Jr. is going to get what he wants. It's being consistent and, you know, stepping up to the moment and knowing that, Hey, I'm going to be the second best player on this team. And I need to be the second best player on this team for us to get to the next round. If Michael Porter jr. Can't do that. I don't, the nuggets won't win, but I think he can. I have the nuggets going in seven. Um, what is your prediction X factor expectations for this series? Yeah. So I actually have the nuggets in six, um, mm. but I could, I could see it going to seven. I think my X factor here for the, for Portland is defense, because as you said, like they have Nurkic and, you know, they have Cantor. Um, but when those two are like, if one of them is not on the floor, then, Oh, Oh, it can get really ugly. And I mean, you know, you said like Norman Powell's great. Damian Lillard's great, but they don't play defense. I'm sorry. They do not. And the fact that like, I saw the things like Norman Powell fixed Portland's defensive issues just by like spreading his legs out or whatever. And I was like, that is so sad. (laughs) (laughs) That's just that, that mm, no. Um, But you know, like with, yeah, it's, if Jamal Murray was on the Nuggets team, oh, like, yeah. it would be a complete wrap. Like, I would have oh, absolutely. Said, like, in five or four even. But um, the fact that he's not, like, I think Jokic and Porter Jr. are going to be, like, the best uh, on this team. And I think that Michael Porter Jr. has proven that he can step up to the plate, especially when Jamal went out. So I think that he will be able to step up in this series. Like I said, like, I just think Port- like Portland is like is great, but I do think that, they have like a weakness in their defensive side. Mm-hmm. I, I think they can exploit that. I mean, obviously we saw last year, Jokic got a little frustrated with the bigger bodies on the LA Lakers and Nurkic is a bigger body and he'll try and do what he can against. He's, he's going to do, I think he'll do a pretty serviceable job. He's not going to slow down. He's not going to stop Nicole Jokic. I don't think anybody can at this point, but um, I think he'll do a good job. And I, I believe Portland can, play well enough defensively. I think Nurk can stay out of enough foul trouble to make this a very, very close series. 
Um, let's go to, uh, this is probably the last series we're going to talk about where it won't be very competitive. This might be the least competitive series of the first round. And, uh, my X factor for this series, again, this is the Sixers wizard series. My X factor for this series, I just wrote oof, uh, because I don't <laughs> think there's an X factor for either team here. It's just, I, I don't see a path that the wizards can win this series. Bradley Beal can be as healthy as he wants to be. He's not, but he can be as healthy as he wants to be. Uh, Russell Westbrook can play out of his mind. It won't matter. It just isn't going to matter. They The Sixers are too good defensively. They have too many guys to throw at Beal and Westbrook. And then do you trust the rest of the Wizards to do anything? I don't. I don't I don't trust like Robin Lopez and I don't know, Rui Hachimura to like try their best against the, the Sixers. Like I, I have the Sixers in four. I think they're just going to sleepwalk to the next round. Um, I assume you have something similar. Yeah, I have Sixers and five. I think, okay. you know, the Wizards could steal a game somewhere there. And I think, like, you know, Lopez, <laughs> his hair just gets longer with every game. Like, it's actually crazy. And, you know, this is this is mostly a joke, but, like, it could be so distracting, you know? Maybe, maybe they can steal a game because of his hair. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think this is going to be a very competitive series, unfortunately. But I but I do appreciate that Beal and Westbrook are going to get mm-hmm. some sort of playoff minutes together. I think that it's been an incredible comeback story for them this season. Absolutely. The they started like they were there were 15 games under 500 and now they're in the playoffs. Cut. Wow. They, they um, weren't like they weren't allowed to practice for a while because of COVID issues. Like they just, oh like, yeah, it's the been whole ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So just the fact that they've been able to make it, I think mm-hmm. that 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 probably gives them some sort of like resilience, and mm-hmm. that that might be what gets them a game against the Sixers, or if you know if someone on the Sixers has like a really bad game, because uh, you know in the series things play out mm-hmm. the way they play out. But I, overall, I think the Sixers have got this in the bag. I would be very surprised if they let more than one game yeah. go. Uh, cause I have them as, you know, making Eastern conference finals at least, at least. Okay. That's a little bit of a little bit of a tease there. She gave away her Western conference pick. She won't not letting you find out who's coming out. I of mean, East here's the yet. thing I've been like, okay. I said the Clippers and Sixers, but I've been writing about them since like early in the season. So if this is just, you have to stick sticking, with it, you have to stick with it with my <laughs> predictions, but yeah. she also said it might be time to fear the deer. So. We'll have to find out how that's going to go. That sentence uh, is always going to come back to haunt me. I love it. I have it screenshot and everything. It's perfect. Uh, I have one. The one thing I think about this series is that the games might be like, they. they I think the Sixers are going to sweep, but I think the games could be close enough where it's like, oh, like it's a sweep, but like they were competitive in every game just because the Wizards, like you said, mm-hmm. they just don't die. The Wizards are the zombie that you have to like keep just, you have to keep shooting because it's like, God, just down god damn it and they just don't die but they're it's like, uh, they're, it's they're like, gonna you die know in harry potter when like mm-hmm. when harry potter like oh, i'm sorry if this is a spoiler but if you haven't read or watched it's harry a little it's now, a little late now guys <laughs> but uh when like in the last uh, book slash movie when he like dies but then comes mm-hmm. back so it's like a wizard yeah coming back okay yeah i thought okay. that was a good sure no that was no comparison. Yeah, was good. better than your puns <laughs> I disagree. I disagree. But I do appreciate you. You took you took me on a walk and you, you, we reached the destination and I appreciated the destination. It was a good it was it was good. I appreciated it. Uh, let's go to this is probably the best Western conference. I, I, I've said I've said so many times that this might be the best series. This might be the best series as well. Who knows? Uh, the Lakers and the Suns. Uh, I don't think the Phoenix Suns wanted to see the Los Angeles Lakers in the first round. I'm sure they had some pretty 
high aspirations. You had a take uh, <laughs> in that Lakers game. Uh, please, you go first. Yeah, so in case you guys didn't see, during the Lakers, I think Warriors yep. game it was, I tweeted, whoever comes out of this matchup is not beating the Phoenix Suns to bait a wall. And then you also gonna- put, you put the little emojis in like, fucking talk to someone you put you put a couple emojis in there like just trying oh to, I, I put the yawn emoji oh i thought i told you they put like the sass emoji i'm like oh just sassing them jesus no i put the okay. yawn emoji. all right fine fine but um <laughs> people who replied to me in the comments i replied to them with a picture of the guy talking to the wall because i literally said debate a wall so i don't know why people thought i would reply to them anyway uh <laughs> <laughs> I am, I was not high on the Suns early in the season, but for some reason, I think it's just everyone being so down on them that I just kind of flipped the switch and I was like, you know what? I'm going to root for them. I'm going to say they can come out of this matchup. I think whoever comes out of this series, even they, it's going to go to seven games. Mm-hmm. Like whoever comes out of this series, it's it's going to seven games. And I think it's going to be that close. Um, you know, as for whether they lose, if it's considered a failure or disappointment, no, I don't think so. Uh, just because, you know, this is the, their first year making the playoffs in a while. And mm-hmm. your first opponent is the LeBron and the Lakers. That's a little bit tough. Like as much as the Lakers have their vulnerabilities, um, it's still, it's not, it's not a matchup <laughs> you want. Like the Clippers avoided this matchup. So mm-hmm. of course the Suns are not, you know, probably not very happy. Um, but yeah, I don't think it'll be considered a failure or disappointment, but I'm still going to be rooting for them to come out of this because I love chaos and I don't want to see LeBron lose. <laughs> so you have, so you have the Suns in seven. Yeah. Okay. I have the Lakers in seven. Uh, I think that's entirely dependent on LeBron's ankle. Um, and I mean, depending on LeBron's ankle, as in how many games the Lakers are going to win. And his eye. And his eye, of course. If he's, <laughs> it depends on how many baskets he's seeing. If he's seeing five baskets, I don't know how much of a chance they have. Maybe he's seeing seven <laughs> baskets for how many games they're going to win in. Who knows? Um, but I think if LeBron's ankle is healthy and he plays like he did in the second half against the Warriors, I think it's Lakers in six, maybe. Because they just have no one to defend him. Michael Bridges, and he's my X Factor for the Suns, as much as I love him, he is going to get bullied against LeBron. He does not have the size, uh, and I just mean the muscle, to defend LeBron. Not many people do. Uh, we saw Andrew Wiggins try his Andrew, best. I was yeah, going to say, but we that's saw Andrew all, Wiggins. But that's LeBron on his back. That's, that's bad ankle, LeBron. If LeBron has a bad ankle, Michael Bridges will hold up just fine. He'll, be, he'll do a much better job than Wiggins did. Uh, and Le- Wiggins already did a pretty good job. But if LeBron, if LeBron is ready to go, um, I I think the Lakers take this in at least six games. Um, I'm also interested to see how Phoenix defends Anthony Davis. I think that'll be another interesting matchup because I think I think the natural reaction would just be just put DeAndre Ayton on him. But who then do you give the Lakers center to? Because they're obviously going to play a center because AD is. <sighs> I hate that he doesn't play center. I just, I can't stand it. It's so frustrating. You, it's, it's, it's dumb. It's the silliest thing in the world. They're better with him as center. And it's just, it's frustrating me for the longest time. Could you imagine the hate Giannis would get if Giannis said, I, I don't want to play center. I refuse to play center. Even though that's the Bucks' best chance to win every game is Giannis. It's just silly. Nonsense is what that is. But I mean, we've seen that the Lakers are not like, 
they haven't made good decisions with that center spot. So are we really surprised here? That's very true. That is very true. So I, but I, I'm intrigued to see So if they put Aiton on AD and let him try to like defend him in the post or, you know, like when AD just decides he's not going into the post that day and just shooting a bunch of jumpers because he's that talented and he can do what he wants. Um, Who's guarding Andre Drummond? He can Drummond? do what he wants and he can play center. <laughs> Apparently, he, just, he refuses. He just I, I wonder if that's in his contract. He's like, I choose when I play center. I'll go to Frank Vogel and I'll tell him when it's time for Anthony Davis to play center. Um, I'm very intrigued then to see like Jay Crowder going up against Andre Drummond, Jay Crowder going up against, I don't know, Marcus Gasol, if they ever decide to take him out of the cryo chamber, dust him off and put him in a basketball <laughs> game. Uh, I don't think that's a, that's going to happen in this series, but hey, maybe. I love, I love that line. That was great. <laughs> Thank I, you. I really enjoyed that. That made up for the pun, that made up for the puns. We yeah, back. See? Now we're getting creative. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I thought my original one was pretty good, even though I forced it into the show. Um, but still, I'm very. Oh, and also, don't think I didn't see your pool party. That was good. That was really good. Come on. No. no. Okay. That for those was too that don't, easy. For those that don't know, I tweeted last night. I'm going to, I'll save something for the end of this. Um, I tweeted out last night that, you know, Jordan Poole was having a great, a great part of the first quarter. He was playing really well. He got them back into the game in the first quarter. And I said, it's summertime. Weather's nice. You know what that means? It's time for a pool party. What I will say is I definitely had that in my drafts from the Lakers Warriors game because I wanted to tweet it that game, but I was like, oh, he's not playing well enough. I got to save it. So I did have it locked in, ready to go for a specific moment. Here's the thing. Okay. A lot of people were saying pool party or using pool as like a pool, mm-hmm. but I saw a really creative one from Samson. And it was me. Thank you. No, <laughs> I saw a really creative one from Samson. Shout out Sam Folk on Twitter where he said, we're getting in the car pool. That's, that's thought, good too. That's good too. No, that is good too. I thought that was better because with Jordan Poole, the pool is such like an obvious thing to say, like pool mm-hmm. party. It's a really easy way to go for a punt, but like you get creative carpool. People want to think about that. I'm just tying it into the nice weather we're having here in Toronto. We're in a heat wave. Everyone wants to go out and enjoy a swimming pool. I think my, I, I think it was pretty good. I'm not advocating for pool parties right now because it's illegal to go outside still in the city of Toronto, but Soon we can have our pool parties. I'm making a lot of just non-basketball COVID references today, and it's going well. Where did we we, we went off on a tangent here? Um, yeah, I'm did. interested to see how Phoenix defends Anthony Davis. I think that's going to be interesting. Uh, any final thoughts on Lakers Suns before we move on? Um, I would like to see Devin Booker go off. Mm-hmm. I I really like him, and you know, before CP3 joined the team. Wow, saying CP3 is so weird. I think it's the first time I said CP3 instead of Chris Paul. That's so weird. Yeah, okay. Well, okay. It sounds like, you know those robots and like, I don't know what it is, Star Trek? Star- oh, my God. Or Star Wars. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I have offended Bradshaw. Okay, let's move on. There's literally a character named C3PO. That's Yeah, that's what it is. C3PO. Oh, okay, there we go. Okay. I'm so disappointed. I'm not even a big I- Star Wars fan. I'm disappointed. 
I apologize. Okay, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, even before CP3, or okay, you know, I'm just going to say Chris Paul. Like I just <laughs> even before Chris Paul joined the team, I mean, Devin Booker was the guy for them. And the mm. fact that he's like been through it with this team and now they're finally in a place where they can actually have some success. I would love to see him. Um, get that success I mean the only thing that's wrong with Devin Booker is that he's dating a Kardashian slash Jenner I don't don't see any problem with that I think Kendall Jenner seems like a nice a nice young woman who apparently has a very good tequila brand that's a second tequila mention in this show Uh, but apparently her tequila actually is very good and I would certainly like to get my hands on that one day even if it costs me a lot of money which I'm sure it will um this has been the wildest first round preview I think I will ever listen to in my entire life. And I'm not even listening to it. I'm, I'm, I'm the one that's creating part of this chaos. It's not all on me though. Uh, two series left Hawks and Knicks. Uh, this is a very interesting series for a lot of reasons, mainly that who the hell expected this to be the four or five matchup. This is weird. Uh, maybe like, I thought this might've been a play in matchup at the beginning of the season. I actually don't think I had the Knicks in the playoffs to begin the season, but uh hawks and knicks i have the hawks in seven uh julius randall is going to eat i think julius randall is going to feast on the hawks but who else is going to do anything on the new york knicks that's my one because i always have and this is not founded by any stats whatsoever this is me thinking i have this preconceived notion in my head Teams that rely heavily on their defense, and this goes for a lot of different sports, but teams that rely heavily on their defense and struggle to find ways to score, I do not trust those teams in the playoffs. I Defense wins championships, sure, you can give me that weird line, but if you can't score, you don't win the goddamn game. If you don't score, you're not going to win. The Hawks are going to score. The Hawks know how to score, and they're going to find ways to score against the New York Knicks. Who else, aside from Julius Randle, is going to score on the New York Knicks? And my X factor for this series for the Knicks is R.J. Barrett because it's a big series for him. He's their second-leading scorer, I believe. I think he needs to show that, like, hey, I need to get buckets in the half court. It's going to be a half-court game. When Julius Randle's off the floor for, I don't know, I don't know how many times Julius Randle's going to be off the floor in this series. I think he might be getting, like, 46 minutes a night. And it's going to be, like, a minute at the end of each, at at the end of the second half and a minute at the end of the third quarter. All right, Julius, get your Gatorade. All right, get back in there. You're good to go. Uh, he's going to have some big stat lines in this series, but it's up to RJ Barrett, Derek Rose. I, don't, I can't even think of like um, Alec Brooks. Brooks, Alec Burks is going to come back and is, should be ready to go for this game. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I struggle to see how the Knicks are going to score. I know they will. Obviously they're going to be able to put up points. It's basketball, but I'm just very interested to see who has to step up and how they handle Trey Young defensively, because I think that'll be another big thing is how, like that'll be another way for them to at least start to initiate some offense a little bit is to target Trey, but that's not how the Knicks played offensively in the regular season. They weren't matchup hunting as much as they could have been, but this is the prime series to matchup hunt a specific guy who is not good defensively. RJ Barrett can go after him. Alec Brooks, I called him Alec Brooks again. Alec Burks can go after him. Obviously, Julius Randle can go at anyone. Why is that happening? I don't know. I don't know. There's no one in my life that I've ever met named Alec Brooks. Alec Burks. Maybe I got Dylan Brooks on my brain. Um, Yeah, maybe. And then I'm interested to see what Trey Young's offensive game is like. Uh, Will he get the same calls, all that? I know you're not a big Trey Young fan. That's the hard eye roll, as I mentioned (laughs) that. Um, I'm very interested to see how that goes for the Hawks, I think they have, I think they're by far the more talented team in this series. I think they have all the talent in the world. 
I think Nate McMillan has done a great job with them. I think DeAndre Hunter coming back is huge, 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 huge. I think that's another body you could throw at Julius Randle. I might be convincing myself to have Hawks in fewer games now, um, but I'm going to stick with Hawks in seven. I had a really tough time deciding who's coming out of this series just because, and like, I agree with you, like with the Hawks and stuff, but I just, just for the fun of it, I'm going to say Knicks in seven. In seven, okay. okay. Because let's have some chaos. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is a chaotic podcast after all, but I just think like time and time again in this season, the Knicks have just surprised me. Mm -hmm. Like there were games, especially when they went on that, like near the end of the season, they went on that like stint of games where they were had like, I don't know, they had like a a six game winning streak or something. They were doing like really, really well. And I just think, I really hope that they target Trey Young because my Lord, do I dislike that guy. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I was thinking, and as much as I hate to talk about him, I think like Derek Rose is going to need to step up. Um, I think you're right about RJ Barrett. This is a big series for him. And my thing about RJ is that when his shots are not falling, it's so ugly. Like, I just, oh, it's. Yeah. You, you, like, the Knicks need him to do well in order to, to make some kind of noise in this series. And, you know, I hope that they do because mm-hmm. this is a matchup that we we didn't, like, we I don't think anyone would have ever predicted this matchup. So nope. let's at least get something fun out of it. Like, let's just go all the way just for the fun of it. I'll say this and then I have a question for you. Um Let's get this. Let's get some chaos and have some fun in this series because whoever wins is gonna just get killed by the Sixers. Maybe not killed, yeah. but they are not gonna have a fun time against the Sixers. Yeah. Uh, my other question for you is: Trey Young, your least favorite player in the NBA, like just purely basketball related? That's an interesting question. I never really thought about that. Um, I think Marcus Smart is like up there. <laughs> don't like that guy um, doesn't like marcus smart because she he reminds her too much of kyle lowry yeah but like here's the thing oh i'm surprised i didn't Mark- get pushback on that oh you're about to get pushback okay thank you marcus smart would is kyle lowry if he was good at basketball <laughs> if he was good offensively if he was good offensively yes yes that's what i mean like, okay 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 um yeah that's that's my take on that. He has he's um, like he takes Kyle Lowry's flopping and grifting to like a whole other level. Like just the he comedic... takes it to a level where he gets fined for it. <laughs> that is very true. Uh, and I've, I've made my thoughts known about flopping. I think it's I think it's funny. I think I think it's I think it's unless it's going against the Bucks, then it's just frustrating. Oh, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I mean you have like I don't know. You ha- you have to sell calls in the NBA. Like it, to take to get Giannis to take charges, you got to sell. You got to sell a little bit. It's going to happen. I, don't I understand that, but there are some flops that it's just like, why? It's just embarrassing. <laughs> this is a pro-flopping podcast. Podcast. This is a pro-flopping podcast. I've made the decision. Uh, excuse me. No. I'm, I'm sorry. Were you the founder? Are you Are you one of the founders? No. I am. I I am. I am. I wonder if S is pro-flopping. I don't. I actually don't. I don't. I, he probably. He, I, that's the thing, though. How can you like Kyle Lowry and not be pro-flopping? You have to. Well, here's the thing. I think that if Lowry was not on the Raptors, I don't think I would like him. Very oh no, much. you wouldn't at all. <laughs> Raptors fans would hate so, Kyle Lowry. If Marcus Smart and Kyle Lowry switched places, it would be very funny to see how they would talk about them. Very funny. 
I'm gonna get you a Marcus Smart. I'm gonna get you a Marcus Smart Raptors jersey for your birthday now, or maybe just a Marcus Smart Celtics jersey. I think that might be might cause you more pain. I don't even know what to do with this statement. God, I think that would immediately go in the garbage. Um, I'd burn it. (laughs) It's the thought that counts, right? Uh, Let's go to the The thought is terrible, (laughs) but there is still thought. Um, Let's go to the last series. Uh, the one that got decided last night and the one that will be played last on Sunday, the Utah Jazz and the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, I would like to say for the record, because Karina last night tweeted out that like, oh, we shouldn't underestimate the Grizzlies and all that. And you're right, we shouldn't have. But in our meeting yesterday, when we were typing out the notes, I said, it's safe to assume it's going to be Warriors Jazz, right? And she said, yes. She underestimated the Grizzlies too. Wait, when did I say that? I don't remember that. <laughs> Noted Grizzlies hater. Wait, Karina Mustafa. Wait, when did I say? I actually don't remember saying that. Okay. Saying what? That you safe to assume that'll be Warriors uh, Warriors Jazz? Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Doesn't even remember her own takes. Because here's the thing, on Ballbusters I said that no one should count the Grizzlies out. So why would I say Warriors? I wish I should have I should have I should have had I should have recorded the meeting yesterday. Um <laughs> Just for that, just to catch her in a lie. I apologize if I said that. <laughs> uh, so let's, we'll start off with noted grizzly bear enthusiast, Karina Mustafa. Please give me your thoughts on the grizzly bears and the jazz musicians. I, I am so sorry, but I don't think the grizzlies are going to make that much noise in oh, this no, matchup. Absolutely not. I, like, I feel so bad saying that because I rooted for them so hard to get into this matchup mm-hmm. in the first place. Um, I just think the Jazz have such a good rim protector in Rudy Gobert. And, you know, as much as I love Ja, he's it's just he's going to be like all over the place and flying around. And I just don't think like they did. The mistakes that they made against the Warriors, especially to get them to overtime, I was so frustrated. And if they're going to make mistakes like that, I just don't think maybe they'll grab one game from the Jazz. Like, like again, like don't count them out in that sense. But (laughs) I just I think the Jazz are too much for them. I think the Jazz are are too good. Uh, They're the first seed for a reason this Mm -hmm. season. And you're not going to have any kind of upset in this uh, series, unfortunately. I have the Jazz in six. I think that's being a little optimistic. Um, if Jaws' shot isn't falling like it was against the Warriors, he's going to have a tough time in this matchup. He's not going to be able to get into the paint as often. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas is going to be... I don't want to disrespect him too much, but he's going to be rendered essentially useless against Rudy Gobert. Like, he dominated the Spurs and the Warriors because they had smaller front courts. He could grab all the rebounds. I know this better than anyone. Okay. <laughs> he's going to have, he's never tough. Time. I love JV, but gosh, I know his weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to have a tough one. Maybe we'll get a three pointer out of him. I hope my hope for this series is Jaron Jackson gets back mm. to form because he's looked really, really bad. Like I was working on something about Jaron Jackson, about how he's going to help the the Grizzlies. And then I watched more games and I let it breathe a little bit and I decided not to publish it because he'd been really bad. <laughs> And oh he's God. he got played off the court uh, because he fouls the hell out of everybody. That's just who Jaron Jackson is. But he'd yeah. be a much better option in this series if he can play and knock down threes like he did last season. Uh, he can bring Rudy out to the perimeter a little bit more, open up a bit more space for 
cutters and things of that nature for John Morant just to get to the rim if his, sh- his shot's not falling. But if Triple J isn't shooting and Jonas Valanciunas is going to need to be relied upon, I think they're in tough. I think Xavier Tillman could do a little bit of, a little bit of fun stuff. He hit a clutch three last night. Uh, th- again, this is just me thinking best case scenario for the Grizzlies is losing in six games. And it's tough, but that's the life of a young team that plays hard and has a coach that is also very young. And you saw it last night. That's That was uh, Taylor Jenkins is from the bud tree, if anybody doesn't know. And he had a bud-esque decision last night to not uh, challenge that Jordan Poole three-pointer that he kind of quite clearly stuck his leg out on. But that's besides the point. Uh, I'm very sad for the Grizzlies. Yeah, and you know, like as as sad as we are for them as well, this just took a really dark turn. But I think this is going to be good for them. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that they they haven't had that playoff experience uh, yet, I think this is a good chance to kind of introduce them to the playoff feel and playing together. So even if they lose in five and six, as you say, being optimistic, I think that'll still be good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I think the Warriors could have just as easily been there instead of them, especially the, after everything that went down. Like that Draymond floater that just missed terribly was probably like the luckiest. Like this, it was a stroke of luck for mm. the Grizzlies um, because if it ended that way, they would have regretted so many things, so many decisions they made in that final quarter. But uh, it's the Grizzlies instead of the Warriors. And, you know, even if the Warriors were there, I don't think anyone would have been able to give the jazz trouble so uh it's good it's good playoff experience for them and and they can like go moving forward i think the grizzlies are like what we thought chicago would be you know just getting their foot in the door like just getting to the playoffs so at least at least someone someone's there someone's not disappointing us orlando's gonna enjoy that lottery pick uh chicago so thanks from all orlando magic fans that aren't me um I think, I think I've ever met an Orlando Magic fan. I know what? No, wait, no, he's not a Magic fan. I don't think. Um, I know one, maybe two, but I don't know them personally. Uh, hmm. I just know like they're in the media. Like Kevin Clark for the Ringer is a Magic fan, and I believe Drew Gooden, uh, not the basketball player, a YouTuber, uh, is he lives in Orlando, and I believe he's a Magic fan as well. Uh, but That's so interesting. Like, why would you be an Orlando fan and not a Miami fan? <laughs> I don't understand why is, there a team, why is there a team in Orlando? These are all questions that we can okay, ask. Okay, that's true. <laughs> um, I, I think that I think that Taylor Jenkins and the Grizzlies are going to kind of junk it up on defense a little bit and just try to force the Jazz to do some weird stuff. Donovan Mitchell's been going through some injury troubles. He's going to be playing, I believe, I think I read a report, he'll be playing game one. How healthy will he be? We'll see, but I don't think it's going to matter. I, the Jazz are going to win this series, uh, and they're going to cruise to the next round and play – uh, whoever they, have, they want. They have two six man of the year candidates. That's true. That's we talked about that on our awards prediction that they very well could. And they we we do. predicted that and they do. Mm-hmm. They have them as finalists. So That's second year. Listen to the pod. That. Yeah, we we're knowledgeable and we have good jokes. That's the tagline <laughs> of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I think that's going to wrap it up. Do you have any uh, extra thoughts? Final loose thoughts on the first round on any of these series? Do you want to trash the bucks at all? Um, it's okay. I, I I'll trash the box on Twitter. It's fine. Okay. Um, but I think 
I'm I'm happy we're finally in the playoffs. Um, I think this regular season has been quite a trip for so many teams. And you know, as a Raptors fan, I'm just kind of watching and enjoying it. It's it's a it's a new feeling. I haven't felt like this in a really really long time. Um, Don't yeah. get yourself attached to a single team. Actually, you know what? We're gonna do this right now. I want. I want the listeners, everyone knows who my team is going to be for the playoffs. Everyone knows I'm going to be cheering for the Orlando Magic. <laughs> that was a good joke. Um, I'm going to throw it over to you. Who are your, who is your, who are Karina Masafa's official playoff teams that she is supporting this year? East and West, one or two, one only if you have one. Give me your playoff teams. So from strictly like a fan perspective, in the West, Phoenix will probably be my team. Ugh. Um one chair for a that? first Ugh. round exit. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> and in the east, um, I'm gonna say the Nets, just because I think that they can be so fun. Just having that big three is such a fun idea. Like I, I love it. Um, and you know, I'm never gonna choose Milwaukee willingly. Like big I don't know market, why you're making big that market face. Karina's added again, big market bias <laughs> added again. Uh, you know what, Raja? I see you just have a you have an affection for cheering for teams that are going to get beaten by LeBron in the playoffs. So that's that's good to know. <laughs> um, <laughs> that'll do it for us here on the Shoot Your Shot podcast. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm not going to let her get a chance to respond to that at all. Um, <laughs> for Creative Mustafa, I am Bradshaw for long. Uh, we'll be back maybe next week. Uh, Krita is getting even busier than she already is. So we'll see how often we're doing playoff podcasts, but we're going to be back at some point, uh, probably next week, uh, with some thoughts on the playoffs. Please stick around uh, next week. Hey. Shoot your shot. Hey. Come on now. Shoot your shot. Hey. Come on. Two. Shoot your shot. Hey. Come on now, shoot your shot, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot your shot.